my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Uh, hopefully, you guys had a fantastic week. Uh, I am back from deer gun season. Uh, hope you guys didn't miss me too much last week. Uh, I was joined by my friend Ian Hayworth to break down everything I missed from Kanye West's uh, downfall, uh, which is complete, I would say, at this point. Um, uh, Elon Musk releasing the Twitter files, exposing malfeasance behind the scenes at Twitter uh, regarding the 2020 election. Uh, Donald Trump calling for the suspension of the U.S. Constitution. And a bunch more. A wild week, man. I, I leave for one week and the whole thing falls apart. But uh, I did my best to, to recap everything. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you're an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Ian Hayworth. All right, guys, we're here with my brother Ian Hayworth. Ian, how you been, man? Good morning. I'm uh, struggling with whatever virus you also have, so um, we've been living the life of two young, healthy males in the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, yeah, we're both uh, recovering from something. I don't know if it was RSV or COVID or whatever. So if we're hacking up a lung, that's why. Please forgive us for that. But Ian, my brother, I've been off for this last week hunting, unsuccessfully, by the way, a, a horrible week in the woods. But uh, uh, it is what it is. It's called hunting, not killing for a reason. And um I missed a lot, obviously, um, took the entire week off whenever I wasn't hunting, I was sleeping, trying to sleep off this virus. So I, I missed just about everything. And, and this morning trying to catch back up on, on the world of politics from the last week was a real journey. Let me tell you, um, we'll try to get to all of it, but, uh, we have to start, <laughs> we have to start with the saga of Kanye West. And, and you and I were mentioning before we started recording uh, this is not why uh, we got into the political commentary business. Uh, I wanted to talk about more meaningful stuff than Kanye West, um, but here we are. Um, let's go all the way back to the beginning, the beginning of last week. <laughs> Donald Trump invites the former president. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Donald Trump, he invited Kanye uh, to dinner for some reason, and this is after a month, month and a half of Kanye West's apparent, you know, schizophrenic anti-semitic mental breakdown uh that he's been enjoying uh so trump invites him to dinner uh kanye decided to bring his new friend white supremacist nick fuentes um not a name i've heard in a while um apparently kanye has been hanging out with uh milo yiannopoulos and and milo that's another name i haven't heard in a long time um and milo introduced him to (laughs) fuentes um apparently they're both nazis or whatever and uh, apparently Milo orchestrated this whole thing, the, the Trump dinner fiasco to embarrass Trump or, or whatever. At least that's what he's alleging. And obviously Trump's a ridiculous man-child. So it worked. <laughs> the, the plan worked out to perfection. What a bizarre timeline, man. 
What yeah. a, like what a bizarre series of events, and th- that's only the beginning. I mean, we're going to get to a lot more, but we obviously have to start here. Yeah, the Trump meeting I think was a tipping point for a lot of people who've been sort of clinging on. Uh, obviously, still people are going to be defending Trump, but I, for example, on the subject of anti-Semitism, Trump's been accused of being an anti-Semite for a long time. I still don't think he's an anti-Semite, but he's not doing himself any favors uh, by voluntarily hanging out with probably the most famous anti-Semite in the country in Kanye West. You know, Kanye West has been saying he hates Jews over and over and over again for the past month. And every time people give him the microphone and say, what do you really mean? He says, I mean what I say, I hate Jews. And so Donald Trump saw that and thought, you know what, I better have this guy over for some cookies. And so that happens. And then we learn that Trump has potentially the worst security detail in the history of mankind, that random people he doesn't know are allowed to dine with him. I mean, thank goodness Nick Fuentes in... in ISIS or Al Qaeda, he could just walk up to the desk and shoot Donald Trump in the face by the sounds of it. It's crazy. His excuse afterwards wasn't like to apologize, of course, because it's Trump. It's, oh, I didn't know who Nick Fuentes was. So are you serious that people you don't know hang out with you? But that's if that's true, that is terrifying. And so it's just another saga that's just handing propaganda to the Democrats in 2024. Yet another reason why Donald Trump is just past his prime, let's say. Yeah. I think past his prime would be. <laughs> a, I mean, that's like the most generous way to put it. Uh, I'd say, yeah. I mean, like the only the best defense of Trump here is that he only wanted to eat dinner with one anti-Semite, not two, <laughs> and that he's just simply too stupid to know any better. I mean, just like, oh, he's just an idiot. You should vote for him. <laughs> it's like that's not. That's a horrible. That's a yeah. horrible line of defense. That doesn't make any sense. And, like, yeah, I mean, Trump's not anti-Semitic. Like, his daughter and grandkids are Jewish. And, I mean, I, you know, he's been—he was an extraordinarily pro-Israel, you know, president. So I, I don't think he's, he's anti-Semitic at all. But, like, what what do you—I saw, like, the Ben Shapiro tweet. Like, it's one way to avoid eating dinner with anti-Semites you don't know is to not eat dinner with anti-Semites you do know. I mean, it's like— yeah, like, you know, Trump is online all the time. I don't care that he's yeah. 80 years old. Like, he, that iPhone is in his hand 24-7. He knows that Kanye's in the middle of uh, in this anti-Semitic mental breakdown that he's been having the last month. I mean, it, this isn't... I mean, Kanye West is one of the most famous people on planet Earth. <laughs> like, nobody... Like, anybody who uses the Internet regularly knows what's going on with Kanye West, even if they, like me, wish they didn't. Um but yeah, man, it's like there's no defending Trump here. It's just like, and, and, yeah, like you said, this man was president a couple years ago. Like how? I mean, he does have Secret Service detail at Mar-a-Lago, yep. I, I would assume. And uh, I mean, he's always had private security, probably since the you know late 1970s. I mean, he has a security detail. Like, why aren't these people vetted? Like, who? I, I get that it, Trump is Trump. Nobody can tell him to do things he doesn't want to do but like when it comes to security my goodness like how can somebody like nick fuentes walk into the home of the former president like it doesn't Mm -hmm. i i don't i don't really know the ins and outs of how these things work but it does seem mind-boggling to me it also just shows that yet again he has the worst instincts in the world of politics i think prior to politics he obviously had great instincts because he was in the world of entertainment and so it was all about just who you know um, another reason why I just simply don't believe his excuse that he didn't know who these people were. Like, he knows everyone who's worth knowing. Um, that's the world he lives in. But 
every single decision he makes, especially when it comes to those he surrounds himself with, has been a terrible decision. I can count on one hand the people in his cabinet, the people he's worked with closely, who I think are intelligent people. The vast majority of people he surrounds himself with are idiots who make terrible decisions on his behalf, and he drags himself down with them. And so this is just yet another classic example of Kanye West is on this hell spiral of anti-Semitism and now pro-Hitler garbage, Holocaust denial garbage. Like he is toxic culturally. Uh, I have a lot of criticisms of sane conservatives who keep handing him the microphone because they want to get clicks out of it. But Donald Trump says he wants to run for office. It's the most basic thing in the world in the United States. When you have someone who says Hitler's not that bad. I love Nazis. You don't invite them over for dinner. It's not that complicated. And Kanye West, over the course of uh, my week off, <laughs> kept getting worse and worse, too. I mean, you know, people kept having him on their shows. And this has been going on for the last month. Like, Lex Friedman and other people had Kanye on to try to, like, get him to stop being so crazy or to try to, like, understand what the heck is going on with this guy. And, and like... I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what utility there is to that at this. It's certainly not at this point. But, like, I, I understand why they would want to, even aside from just getting the clicks, why they would want to have that conversation. But so early in the week, Tim Pool had Kanye and Milo and Nick Fuentes on. I don't think Tim Pool's a bad guy. I think he's just, you know, whatever. Oh, an entertaining show is what it is. And, and Kanye... <laughs> He, st- he starts, bl- you know, blaming the Jews for all of his, you know, personal problems and stuff, and then he storms off the second Tim gave any pushback at all. Mm-hmm. And then the best part was Alex, jo- Alex Jones. <laughs> Alex Jones has him on, and Kanye proceeds to make Alex Jones sound like a like a boring moderate. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he makes Alex Jones look like Brett Bear, in by comparison. He shows up wearing some kind of black sock mask thing, or like like black pantyhose over his face or something and and uh, i don't know and, and acting crazy and despite alex jones's best efforts i never thought i would say that sentence he kept going on and on about how he loves hitler loves nazis how people should stop, stop being so negative towards the nazis and alex jones is like you know i'm not with you there you know <laughs> hitler killed a lot of killed a lot of people i got you know and, yeah, Kanye just kept doubling and tripling down on his praise of Adolf Hitler. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, two things can be true at once. Like, Kanye West is mentally ill. I mean, the man needs help. He needs treatment. Probably needs medication. Um, but he clearly, it, it, despite all that, I mean, like, you know, his mental illness doesn't make him hate Jews. The dude has a deep-seated hatred of Jews, obviously. Um, I mean, this didn't just come about this year or whatever. Um, he isn't getting these ideas from Nick Fuentes. These are beliefs he's held for a long time, obviously. But I, I, I mean, my goodness, I, I had to, I had to, you know, come out of my, uh, my, uh, you know, medically induced slumber uh, to to watch this Alex Jones clip because it was just, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, man. Mm-hmm. To, to watch Alex Jones trying to talk Kanye off the edge like this and and being unsuccessful. I think it's got to a point now where people need to stop elevating Kanye West like on a few levels. I think one on a compassionate level, I think he's clearly an anti-Semite deep down. I think blame a lot of people are trying to defend Kanye almost through a plea of insanity. I'm sure he believed this stuff beforehand. It's just now he's going through a mental break and he's willing to say them. 
I think it's unfair to blame it all on mental health, but mental health is clearly a factor. And I don't think we should all be parasitically taking advantage of Kanye in a variety of ways. Someone who's clearly mentally unwell, who just needs help to continue him down this path just to try and get money. I think that's what a lot of people want. That's what a lot of people wanted when they hung out with him or made business deals with him or work for him like Nick Fuentes and Miley Yiannopoulos are or have him on their show. I think at this point it's clear what he thinks, but I also think it's clear that he's mentally unwell. I think we need to do the compassionate thing, which is almost leave him alone and encourage him to get the help he needs. But there's also the issue of the ideology he's spreading is evil. It is in no way part of our tent of ideas. And I've seen multiple conservatives not defend him, but do this. Well, two things can be true at once. Actually, Hitler may have done some good things. Why can't we have the discussion about people in Hollywood who have Jewish last names? Like, there's been multiple pretty high profile conservatives going down this route again because they want to feed off the attention Kanye West is getting. But they're asking pretty non-conservative questions. And I think for you and I who care about the conservative movement, there's almost a pragmatic element to this. Of The longer Kanye West is around, the more anti-Semitism will spread because he's incredibly famous and a lot of people follow him. But the more mainstream anti-Semitism is permitted on the conservative side, uh, the more the movement we care about morphs into something that is no longer conservative. And so I think the longer we keep Kanye West in the forefront of a lot of people's minds, the the worst things are going to get because the more attention people like Milo Neonopoulos and Nick Fuentes get, it's not good for the conservative movement, let alone Kanye West. So it's just a horrific saga that I think is really shining a light on some of the worst parts of just the world we, you and I both work in. And uh, it's worrying stuff. I just want Kanye West to get help at this point. I still have this compassionate feeling for him that he's clearly unwell. Like the guy's life is falling apart. And uh, I think it's disgusting that he's still got parasites for the last couple of months clinging on to him to try and suck every single dollar they can from his corpse before they move on. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like the guy's got a bunch of young children. Yep. You know, I, and a guy like that, it's like, where are his friends, his actual mm-hmm. friends? Like it, these racists and stuff, are, you know, they're just, they're leeches trying to suck every penny out of them because, you know, Kanye is a billionaire. But like, man, does he not have any friends, any childhood friends, any, any family, anybody that can sit him down and say, dude, stop, mm-hmm. just stop, stop going on these shows. And yeah, stop having him on these shows. My goodness. Like, I understand why Alex Jones would, but, like, yep. I, I I sincerely hope that normal commentators have learned their lesson, at least from the Tim Pool episode. Like, okay, like, this man is not capable of any kind of reasonable conversation. Um, and, like, I mean, Tim Pool was very generous to him. I mean, he just kind of wanted to see what Kanye had to say and <laughs> gave, like, very mild pushback. And Kanye stormed off. So it's like you're not going to get anything out of this guy. Like yeah. you're not going to have a productive conversation. And I really hope, man, like I, I hope that we're not seeing another, you know, like what Bernie Sanders did in 2016 in his presidential run is just mainstreamed communism in the West again. And I really hope that Kanye West doesn't end up, you know, I, I Nazis are a little bit more toxic <laughs> culturally mm-hmm. than communists are. Even though they're, you know, they're both equally evil, but you know, I really hope we don't see some normalization of. I mean, you're not going to normalize Nazis or Hitler or anything, but like, you know, 
yeah, the Jews in Hollywood or, you know, all this like oh, this yeah. anti-Jewish propaganda stuff. I hope you don't see the normalization of that with Kanye the same way you saw the normalization of Marxism with Bernie Sanders a few years ago. Unfortunately, I think we're seeing it because I think it was already normalized. It was just in the shadows. I think uh, we spoke about this a few times of there's a huge blind spot in America when it comes to anti-Semitism in the black community, in immigrant communities, in Muslim communities, because all, the only kind of anti-Semitism uh, the mainstream, which is basically the left, likes to talk about is right wing anti-Semitism, which is obviously a huge problem. I'm not downplaying Nazis. Nazis are obviously evil people. But anti-Semitism is a far broader spectrum than just the radical right. And I think Kanye West is shining a light on that and making people more comfortable with actually saying what they think. Kanye West is not the first famous black man to say these kind of things about Jews. He's one of many. But the problem is that now he's kind of refusing to back down. He's refusing to, quote unquote, be cancelled over it. And so I think a lot of people are being empowered by that. And until we acknowledge that anti-Semitism is a broader problem, just people with shaved heads marching around with tiki torches, screaming silly things, then I think anti-Semitism is going to become more mainstream. It's already mainstream in my mind. I think anti-Semitism is one of those things. It's almost, it's impossible to understand in a lot of ways because it's so prevalent. And yet it is such a tiny minority of people it affects in terms of the victimization element of it, that it just carries on. It's like this constant dripping issue in the background that no one wants to address honestly because there's always something that matters more politically the democrats will always want to have the so-called black vote so they will never admit that say oh my goodness maybe black people can be racist too only white people can be racist in their mind and then on the right there's always people like trump hasn't condemned nick fuentes yet like just the most basic thing of i regret having in my house he's a disgusting human being he can't do that because there's always something that matters more and I think until we fix that issue, things like anti-Semitism are going to continue to grow. Oh, for sure. And well, I, Trump uh, called Nick Fuentes some silly name. I forget what it was. I maybe that was his way of condemning <laughs> him. I don't know. He could just speak plain English like a normal human being, but you know, that's it's asking a lot of the former president of the United States, Ian. I mean, come on, hey, huh, you know how how much how much can you ask of the man? I know. Um, right. I have too yeah, many you're absolutely right with the Democrats. I mean, they, they view the black vote as their golden goose. I mean, they'll never, ever address any issues in the black community. And then it's absolutely true. I mean, I did. I went to black schools, grew up in a heavily black area. The only anti-Semitism I've ever personally seen in real life, you know, outside of the Internet, was growing up around black people. And it, I, I never saw anything bad, you know, Jews getting attacked or anything like that. But there's there is an underlying layer of anti-semitism in the black community here in america and even if it's in the way they talk too like it's not like none of my black friends at least i don't think are anti-semitic but there's just things that black people say at least in toledo ohio i don't i guess i don't want to paint with too broad of a brush but it's like you hear black people say stuff anti-semitic stuff without even meaning it you know like they're mm -hmm. not trying to be hateful or anything but it's like you know, I don't know. Some guy bought a new truck. Oh, nice truck, man. Oh, thanks, man. I, I jewed him down another two grand off what he wanted. You know, that's just like how you hear that a lot from black people around here. And, you know, and yeah, nobody nobody addresses it. Obviously, the mainstream press and the Democrats never would. They'll never, you know, they've they've they claim that that black folks are a protected class who can do no wrong. You know, they're an oppressed minority. Um, so they, they can never be criticized for anything that they do. 
it's just crazy. It's like everyone's a bit racist. You know, the old Avenue Q line. It's just the uh, the ultimate outcome of identity politics, where people's virtue is assigned by skin color. Just insane. Everyone can be bigoted. Um, you've got white people who are racist, black people who are racist, Asian people who are racist. And uh, racism will always exist until we're willing to accept the obvious, which is bigotry is possible from anyone who is human, because we're all the same. Skin color really is irrelevant. Kanye uh, said yesterday that he believes that Elon Musk is a Chinese hybrid experiment cool I'm not, I'm not sure what that means <laughs> but uh he, he missed zionist there's a few other random factors he could have included where's the zionist accusation it's all israel deep down i mean elon's from south africa so oh yeah but they're all jews if you scratch <laughs> the, just... <laughs> the heavily jewish nation of <laughs> south, south africa. africa south africa see when they escaped egypt some people went left some people went right <laughs> Some people went straight south, about <laughs> 5,000 miles due south. Yep. So Elon Musk uh, did release internal Twitter documents around the censoring of the Hunter Biden laptop story uh, to Matt Taibbi. Um, it's exactly what we all assumed uh, for the last couple of years, maybe even more sinister uh, and in-depth than we assumed. Um, Twitter absolutely rigged the 2020 election, and, uh, and not only by censoring a 100% true story that would have destroyed the Biden campaign, at least exit polls uh, suggest as much, um, but they were frequently working with the Democrats to ban literally whoever the DNC or mm -hmm. the Biden campaign wanted. Um, all Democrats had to do was email Twitter, and Twitter employees would censor anything Democrats thought would hurt them. And it was all happening behind the back of former CEO Jack Dorsey. It seems almost like Jack may have gotten a lot of flack from guys like us, you know, that he didn't deserve. Um, it seems like he was almost uh, an innocent bystander in all of this. Um, you know, it is satisfying to see all this come out, I suppose. But um, this is how the, the Democratic Party operates. I mean, they, they use their friends and media and big tech to suppress mm -hmm. information. Uh, it's the only way they can win, man. Um economic destruction and chopping off little boys penises uh is not very popular so they have to rely on this censorship and um i mean i suppose it's it's good i, I do think elon musk did a, a service by releasing this information absolutely but i also think it's it's been something i've been kind of warning about for quite a few years like you know i worked at facebook and a fact checking team before i started doing political commentary so i've seen a lot of this stuff firsthand the danger has never been the CEO in the office controlling everything nefariously, like the image is given, like the image is always given of the CEO of Google, of YouTube, of Twitter, of Instagram, of Facebook. They're the ones pulling the strings because our society loves to demonize one evil guy. The danger is not them. The danger is the comparatively anonymous core of either former or ongoing democratic operatives who work in positions like policy in safety, the so-called teams that work on safety. That's the danger. They're the ones leveraging a huge amount of power and influence to actually define these small cases of what is and isn't allowed on the site. Most of the time, CEOs are either handling things at a much higher level or actually trying to push back against this. But the day to day, there's not much they can do. Like the the deep um, core of this is the Hunter Biden laptop story on the New York Post, which was banned. I don't believe that even came across Jack Dorsey's desk. Same was true of Facebook. Um, I think a guy is called Andy Stone. He is the head of comms at Facebook. He announced on his Twitter that Facebook was really preemptively um, downplaying the New York Post story. There was no evidence that it was false. They didn't have any fact checkers looking into it, into it. 
it was a decision that was made by mid-level policy people. And once that's done, it's very hard to undo. It's the same time after time in these tech companies. The core of these companies is democratic leaning. That is where the problem lies, is they have a lot of power that is unchecked power. And people are just assuming they're going to do um, do things in good faith. And too many times they do not do things in good faith. So I think it's great that Elon Musk released these things. I, I really want people, though, to see it for what it is. The true threat is the thousands of pro-Democrat people making little decisions in the company in, the, in what they view as the right direction. The problem is not Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg pulling the strings. That really is not where the danger lies in terms of our free speech online. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Americans do like, you know, it's the whole class war thing, the yes. lefty class war thing. Look at the bill, you know, Nelson Rockefeller, <laughs> you know, like they want to point to the the man at the top and, and, and blame them for all the world's problems. But no, you're absolutely right. And I mean that it, I wish it was all Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. you know, that'd Easiest be a lot fix. easier to deal with. But, you know, we're the, the only way to, to flush this out is just to get rid of this pipeline of, you know, liberal indoctrination at the universities, you know, yes. and, and these people, these same people go into tech and then, and start running the shows at these companies. It's like, I don't, I don't really know what to do about that. I mean, maybe, uh, I mean, Elon is, is fired like 90% of the staff at Twitter. Uh, maybe this could be mitigated if, if Twitter ends up running smoothly with one tenth of the staff and then everybody else, you know, Zuckerberg and all these other guys are like, uh, we don't need these people either, <laughs> you know, and just mm-hmm. gut these companies to the core, um, have them running, you know, through these skeleton crews and then and be able to vet people more properly there if you just don't need the volume of employees that you thought you did. And maybe maybe that could help. But, yeah, I mean, it's a deep-seated issue, and there's no real answer that I can discern right now, unfortunately. But it does make sense. After this, this dump, um, it does make sense why they hate Elon so much, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because if the less entire strategy centers around the ability to censor anything they want. And they're terrified, man. I mean, they, they are terrified that they could lose their grip on that, that uh, the ability to censor. Um, because, you know, what? It was something like, uh, polls suggested, I think it was like 17% of Biden mm-hmm. voters uh, wouldn't have voted for him if they knew the, the Hunter Biden laptop story. Oh, yes, it swung the election. This yeah. one one story. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. And it it is fun. It's fun. Just a side note. We'll move on in just a second. But some of the worst people on the right, like your David French's and Jonah Goldberg's and people like that, <laughs> who were on the side of the Democrats, you know, censoring this story, they they refuse to believe anything bad about Democrats. They're still holding on right now. Oh yeah to this lie that that the hunter biden laptop story wasn't true or something like that it's like dude the bidens aren't denying it at this point you know it's like (laughs) i I, like what are you doing like what will it take Uh, if you just these people hate republicans so much that they will never ever admit that they're wrong about anything it is hilarious it's also just a, a complete lack of intellectual honesty of i want twitter to be better and I think in some ways it is, in some ways it's not. But all these people who are clinging on to their 2020 arguments, either way, it's just like, well, okay, how do we move on from this? How do we make things better? I want Twitter to be better. Um, I'm, I'm not, I think Elon Musk has made Twitter good, better in some ways, but I'm yet to see the platform improve. Um, I, I have more trust that more will be allowed on Twitter, which I think is obviously good. 
But I, I think people are just refusing to move on in either way, in a positive way of like learning lessons and making next steps. Everyone, it's like they dug their heels in in 2020. And it's like, that is the person I need to be for the rest of time. And it's exhausting and it's cynical, but nothing ever changes them. We're all having the same arguments over and over. It's, it's you know, they, they've let Donald Trump shape their entire, like, personality and worldview. <laughs> but, well, I don't know why you would do that when Donald Trump's nearing 80 years old. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Like, and, and, look, I, I hope Trump lives to 120. Like, I don't wish ill on the man obviously but like he's not gonna be around forever <laughs> like if you're if you're jonah goldberg you're whatever 45 years old or 50 years old like why would you tie your entire life to an 80 year old man <laughs> it's yeah. like what are you gonna do like if trump passes away like what are you gonna do with yourself for the rest of your life like you've lost the ability to do anything else like you've just you all you do is think and write about this one man 24 hours a day it's like why would you want to pigeonhole yourself, man? I, I think a lot of that is also it's um, Trump is an idea to them. It's not really about Trump. It's just who Trump represents. And then watch the moment Trump goes, DeSantis was, I mean, the left are already doing this. DeSantis is worse than Trump. Yeah. It's just the same cycle. It's the same boogeyman mentality. And so it's, uh, unfortunately, media is very profitable in a lot of ways. And just having a view that you find an audience with, you might not even believe it. It's it's such a cynical world. It's really terrible. From the Republican, you know, from like the the quote unquote former Republicans, or whatever Lincoln Project and all those pedophiles, um, you know, like it is they're lying from their perspective mm-hmm. with the whole, you know, DeSantis is worse than Trump. But from from the Democrat perspective, from their point of view, they're ap- they're being honest. Yeah. You know, DeSantis is much more terrifying, or should be much more terrifying to them than Trump. I mean, DeSantis is more conservative and more effective. Yeah, <laughs> you know he is. So. He he is their their boogeyman. You know, well, one more thing on Elon Musk. <laughs> you know, look, I'm a free speech absolutist. I don't think anybody should be banned from anything. I think everybody should be allowed on Twitter. But you know, Elon Musk isn't some free speech absolutist anarchist like I am. You know, he's like mm-hmm. a he he seems to me like a, a like a true moderate, like a, a an actual political centrist. Um. But Musk clearly does not want to ban anybody on Twitter, right? That's why he bought the company. He bought the company because the libs banned Babylon B, and he took exception to that. So he spent forty-four billion dollars buying the company, which is hilarious. But that's what he did. But so he doesn't—he doesn't want to ban anybody. But the fact—the fact that he felt like he had to ban Kanye again is kind of hilarious. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, he was probably in contact with Kanye. Like, Kanye, yep, please. Yeah, texting each other. Please stop. Stop tweeting about Hitler. Please. Just stop tweeting swastikas. And he wouldn't do it. So even Elon Musk, who does not want to ban anybody, <laughs> felt the need to ban Kanye. Obviously, I don't think he should have done it. But it is, te- like, Kanye's decline is so bad over the last few weeks that even Elon Musk, who spent 44 billion dollars to turn twitter into a place where does, that they don't ban anybody he felt like he had to ban kanye it's like man my, my goodness oh, like i i have to assume kanye just had to demonstrate anything just like any ability to stop tweeting swastikas yeah and he'd still be on twitter and he couldn't do it it is pretty remarkable especially someone who's openly driven by just engagement like all yes. Musk really cares about is the number of people using Twitter, the number of people tweeting, the number of people responding. 
Yeah. And Kanye West is like fuel on a fire. Like Twitter was lighting up because of Kanye West. So the fact that even though he was providing huge numbers, Elon Musk still decided to kick him off. Um, it's it's crazy. I mean, and Kanye West didn't even have to modify all that much. Just don't tweet a swastika and a Star of David, dude. That's all he had to do, and he couldn't do it. He's, I mean, again, he's nuts. Like this all comes down to the fact that Kanye West is unfortunately nuts. The people around him are evil parasites. Yeah. And he needs help. And until yeah. that happens, we're going to see more and more of this. And he may even run in 2024, take 5% of the conservative vote, and we'll have Joe Biden in for another four years. He wouldn't. Uh, I don't know. He, he won't get. I, I can't imagine it. I don't know. I mean, any, <laughs> but anything, any, can happen. anything can happen, man. Anything can happen. Um, speaking of 2024, um, after the, the Twitter files dropped, not to be outdone. Donald Trump, the guy we just mentioned him a second ago, he's the 45th president of the United States. Uh, he took it upon himself to call for the suspension of the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> he explicitly, he explicitly <laughs> said we should throw out the Constitution and install him as president. Great stuff, as always, from the orange guy. Just an endless list of reasons as to why why he lost, basically. It's... um. He just doesn't know when to stop. And again, the longer he's elevated the face of the conservative right in America, the longer we risk really damaging ourselves generationally. It's just, it's all about him and it always will be. And it's great when he's winning, but he's not winning right now. And uh, so we're, we're going down with him. It really causes me pretty, pretty great levels of concern. I know it's, it's sort of funny in a way that he's still doing this, this stick. But it, it does have an impact. There are people who do care about this stuff. Um, and uh, it's not good. It's just, it's never good. He just needs to shut up and go away, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating watching somebody who was very skilled politically when he ran in 2016. I mean, he ran a great campaign. Mm-hmm. He was hitting on issues that people cared about. He built a coalition, a winning coalition. And now, what what's the audience for this? Like that, like my, my goodness, like I, who's the audience for for overturning the const, the Constitution of the United States? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like pull that, pull that question. Should we suspend the Constitution because Donald Trump wants to? That's going to be a ninety nine to one poll. Okay, like I, my my goodness, I don't know how many times I have to say this on the show. Trump cannot win. Okay, and honestly, I don't even care about any of the Trump stuff. I do not care about any of the the mean tweets, all the weird stuff. I don't care that he's calling to suspend the Constitution. I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't care about any of that. Nothing bothers me. I mean there's there's literally war criminals in government. There's mass murderers in government. <laughs> I mean like my goodness. Like you know, there's there's like seven wars going on on planet Earth right now. Like there's real thing like we're facing double digit inflation. Like I I care about the big stuff, not the small stuff. But he cannot he's showing you over and over he cannot win and yep. i'm done arguing i'm done arguing over the trump policies you know like the, the hardcore trump people are like oh you know i know he sucked on some of these things but he's he learned his lesson he's gonna be better the next time like no no like i'm it's a moot point i'm done debating that because he can't win like he will lose badly to biden or any other democrat like i don't care about any any of these you know, I, I get accused of like, oh, you're like 
a snowflake. Like you care, you know, you care about mean tweet. No, I don't care about any of that. I'm an anarchist. I want to, <laughs> I want to get rid of the Constitution too. Okay, because I think it failed. The Constitution hasn't protected my individual liberty. A Republican governor held me in my house for a year at gunpoint a couple years ago. Okay, my goodness. I wasn't allowed to use a boat in Michigan. Okay, like the Constitution has failed. Like I'm not defending the Constitution here. But my goodness, Donald Trump cannot win. You need white soccer moms to win the presidency as a Republican. That is a major part of your coalition is white suburban women. How many white suburban women want to overthrow the constitutional order? I'd guess zero percent. So if you run this guy, if you nominate this guy, you lose bad, man. I mean, we're talking like Walter Mondale bad, okay? Like we're it, it's we're talking about 1920, we're talking about 1984, we're talking about a absolute bloodbath. I mean, you can think, oh, it sucks, man. White women are super annoying. I wish they didn't decide presidential elections. I think that sucks too. But it's the truth, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wish a lot of things weren't true that are, but wishing things were different doesn't make it so. So I, I, I don't know how else to, to put it. This man cannot win. He's proving over and over that he cannot win in 2024. I think it's the same thing as Kanye West, in that Trump is surrounded by such a vocal base of people who tell him everything is wonderful, and he is so deeply narcissistic in a way that most people in Hollywood and entertainment are that he truly believes that everything the people around him tell him is true in that they just mirror what he wants to be true. And so when you've got people like that running who really don't care about reality, they just care about what their small group of basically yes men is saying, it's pretty dangerous. And uh, you have Kanye West doing things because he's surrounded by people who are just indulging his every whim and fantasy. And the same is somewhat true of Trump. And they both need to be surrounded by people who are much better for them personally, but also people who are going to encourage them to live in reality. And uh, the more people who live in reality, the better for our society generally. But unfortunately, that's, I don't think, going to happen anytime soon because they both have a lot of money to keep this game going. And uh, the damage they do in the meantime is what worries me. Just a little bit of seriousness, a little bit of adulting from the man who deems himself worthy to spend five trillion dollars of stolen money a year is that too much to ask is that too much to ask if you think think you're so arrogant that you believe that you should be able to do whatever you want with five trillion dollars of cash extorted from people at gunpoint if you think you should have access to that my goodness can you please act like an adult can you at least pretend <laughs> to be a serious human being for five seconds? My goodness. A little bit of seriousness from the people that deem themselves worthy to rule over us. My word. I think you're asking for a bit too much there, Brady. <laughs> and y'all wonder why I don't think government should exist. <laughs> look, at, look around you. Look at, look at the world in the last seven days that I've been off, off the show. My goodness. Ian, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. Hopefully we have something a little bit more serious to talk about uh, <laughs> next time. My friend, where can everybody check out your show, which I highly recommend? Where can everybody subscribe to your Substack, Folly Online, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can uh, find me online, all my social media. is I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can find my Substack, just I-A-N-H-A-W-O-R-T-H over on Substack. And, uh, yeah, please check out my show. It's called Off Limits with Ian Howarth. You can find that on YouTube. 
that's starting up again next year. So that's exciting. And yeah, thanks for having me as always, Brady. I hope you feel better soon. Back at you, my friend. Back at you. <laughs> Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.